The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Show. I'm Kat Victorino, and joining me today are Deepak Gohill, James Little, and for her first ever appearance on a podcast, Lisa Lawrence. Welcome, guys. Hey, Thank hi, you. everyone. Welcome, Lisa, Hello. to the show. No voices. <laughs> <laughs> and be forewarned, Lisa, you will be tapped on the shoulder again because I am still working on Deepak's vision of an all ladies podcast. So oh, I'm in. I'm in. Awesome. I'm so glad. All right, guys. So Monday night saw the 49ers host the Seattle Seahawks, and um, it was a hard-fought game that resulted in our first loss of the season and a little bit of uh, division within the ranks of the Niner Empire. However, the Niners are still 8-1. and one. Uh, What do we want to talk about with this game, guys? Let's start with, with no negative waves. It, it's one game. Um, I'm not ready to bench anybody. Let's talk about injuries. I, I agree, Lisa. I think um, <clears throat> you can't really take a negative in terms of what we saw on the field. I think we've done it to death that we sort of beat ourselves, really. We had numerous opportunities. But moving forward, I think we need to highlight that the biggest thing, the biggest barrier against us now is our horrible, horrible luck with with injuries, the, the, the dropping like flies, offense and defense, you know, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's just every game there's another player that's injured, you know, and we're moving into the business end of the season and you're looking at two, three weeks at a time, we're going to be losing players. These these are critical games coming up and we're going to be without critical players. It's, it's heartbreaking. It really is. It, yes, it is. I, I, yeah. I felt a bit as though Staley might have might have been better served not to have played. School Completely held agree. his own. I mean, Completely while Staley agree. was out, school held his own. So he did. He did. Why he rush did. Staley back? This is my, one of my biggest gripes, not just with our team and our coach. It's the NFL as a whole. I know that it's because it's such a short season in terms of the amount of game. Well, yeah, it's quite, in, compared to other sports, it's a lot more physical sport. But... There was no need to rush either of them back, let alone both of them. The yeah. two guys that are in there, School and Brunskill, have been doing a fantastic job. And then all of a sudden, obviously, we know Staley and McGlinchey are our starters. Let's let's not debate that. But the guys who have been in their place and in their stead while they've been injured have done a fantastic job, as good as a job as those guys have done this season, I have to say. Um, and I just feel that they were rushed back. And that was not the Joe Staley that we know. He was getting absolutely pushed around by, granted, a man who had an amazing game. Clowney, I think, to my memory, that's the best game he's had, along with the drops, which I'm sure we'll get on to from the receivers. That was my biggest annoyance about the whole thing. For me, that you know, the, you, we talk about coaching adjustments and stuff. Surely, if we could see that, I saw within the first 30 seconds, I was like, that's not right. He's getting pushed all over the place. So, <laughs> well, and, yeah. he, and he broke his finger during yeah. the course of the game. So now he's out again. Could have been prevented. He was rushed back. I don't know. I don't know whether it's it was naive. Well, it was definitely naivety on the uh, coaching. But then again, 
I've said it before, if these guys, and we know what the type of character that Joe Staley's got, if he's saying he's 100% fit and ready to go, you're not going to turn around to Joe Staley and go, well, actually, Joe, we're going to bench him. So he has to take a little bit of responsibility for it as well. On the other hand, I think that George Kittle was up in that booth because mm -hmm. if he'd been down on the field, you could see the way he was mm -hmm. licking the glass. He wanted to be down there and, and playing. <laughs> okay. I think he was, was up there for his own safety. Was anyone else scared when you saw that window was open? <laughs> I was waiting for him to jump over the glass, through the stands, and get out on the field. He was so amped up. Yes, he was. <laughs> Massive part of our offense. We saw that. We saw how important George Kittle is to this team. Um, and, and Sanders. And as soon so, as Sanders went down, man. Oh. Yeah. Reliable, reliable hands. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Well, we'll go on to talk about the receivers and. Well, let's talk about the receivers because, okay. dang it, they keep dropping those easy catches. I, you know, yes, there were a number that Jimmy threw that were, you know, out of reach, over their head, too short. Threw mm. it right to the defender twice. I mean, there were there were mistakes on on every aspect of the offense. You've got to look now at the Arizona game and what we're going to take offensively into that game. Where are we going to get yards in the air? And I can only think of one name, and that's Debo. I don't know if you guys have seen the, the tweet that's going around. It was in Shanahan. He did an interview, and uh, he said to Pettis, the, the more opportunities he drops, the less he gets. And uh, yeah. it sounds as if his writing's on the wall. That said... That statement in itself has actually given him an opportunity because we don't have any choice at receiver. We we have none. Mm. Pettis is going to mm -hmm. have to play, and if he doesn't deliver some lights out numbers against Arizona, I guarantee you, he's on his way out. It definitely well, seems that way. I think it's fair enough. I think I think you posted up about it today, Deepak, and I think every single one of us, you know, I know it's quite easy to forget that these, you know. They are human beings, but he's got a job to do, and he's simply not doing it. Um, and I like Richie James. I, every time I've seen Richie James play and come on, he's done well for us. So why can't Richie James have his spot if uh, Pettis can't catch a ball? So, yeah, it's, a, it's a business, and we're getting to the business end of the season. And, uh, yeah, you know, now's your time, Dante. Dante, even. But and, what about uh, Marquis yeah, Goodwin? Let's do something. He was missing in action. I mean... I don't even know what uh -huh. happened to that guy. These are marquee receivers. You know, these are our guys. We're on, on our top-tier receivers that are just missing when we needed a big play. And, you know, this, this was a real slugfest. And the only reason why it remained a slugfest was one reason only. It was our defense. But you yep. cannot yeah. expect yeah. your defense to consistently play like this and beat New Orleans, beat Baltimore, beat Green Bay, you can't. It's unrealistic. It's going to take The a defense toll. was on the field for 35 minutes of that game. Yeah. Yes, of course they're going to be gassed at the end of the game. They can't carry the team like they have been all year. The offense has got to step it up and give that defense a break. And not only that, yeah. Kat, it was the defense that made the big plays for the 49ers. The offense mm -hmm. didn't contribute yep. a single big play in a big, big game. On Monday Night Football, yep. the whole world's watching. The offense contributed nothing, you know. It was all defense, all defense, and um, which is good. 
But that saying that offense wins games and defense wins championships might be a big contradiction for this 49er team because this defense might not single-handedly be able to win a championship unless the offense actually contributes and helps them out a little bit. The secondary was outstanding. I think mm-hmm. we've, it's this season we've sung the praises of our, our defensive line, especially the um, the edge, the, you know, the edge rush with Bosa, D Ford, <clears throat> but the secondary was outstanding. Tart was it's probably one of the best games I've seen him play. And Drake Reno stepped up. I have no fears that he would. We spoke about it last time, I think, or in the group, about the loss of Quan Alexander, who I'd like to say on the sidelines doing a George Kittle. George was in the stands. Quan was on the sidelines. I think if they were both together, you, you wouldn't want to come off the field if you hadn't done anything. <laughs> so, yeah, but I just wanted to say the second day was outstanding. And people, well, you know, they it, say that's the weakest part of our defence. Let's shout it, shout it out to D-Buck. Recovered two fumbles and one was a touchdown. The yeah. defense was trying to give the offense the opportunity to keep, to keep this game in hand. They were able to keep the game close, get us into overtime, but just lost lost it in the end. I think we need to mention um, Warner. <laughs> Warner. Yeah. yeah. Warner was just phenomenal. He was a beast. Uh, he, he was Nine tackles, one assist, two sacks. I mean, that's we get five sacks on Russell Wilson, or four sacks on Russell Wilson, and that's just delicious. It's wonderful. What was singing the praise of the defense? How well has mostly done since he's played. Yeah, that kid just just took you know took to the game. Um, He had a big breakup in overtime, wasn't it? The uh, the last well, yeah, I forget who it was again. I think it was DK Metcalf who was a big receiver. Uh, we all saw him coming out of college, the size of the man, and Mosley uh, broke up the pass, and he's been doing that all season for us. So we on it, we we talk about Sherman being a shut down corner, but that guy on the other side's been also brilliant. So well, just... Mosley had seven tackles and three assists. That's second on defense. Also, Mosley was a little quiet actually. I mean, three tackles is great, but uh, he's just been so fired up these last few games. He was a little more subdued this one. Yeah, yeah he's, we can't expect him to do it every week. Can we? Yeah, that's true. We can't. <laughs> but also, but then not, again, we can't expect the defense to be doing this every week. No, yeah. And I think it's also worth noting that Nick Bosa was double teamed on every play, and yeah. the defense yeah. still mm-hmm. shone. You know, it, they found yeah. they figured out a way to to get over the double team on Bosa, and still, I mean, I'm looking at these numbers, uh, and it's. These numbers don't actually tell the story. You have to put yourself mm-hmm. through the torture of watching that game just to see how good that defence was just in men. They've been a joy to watch all season. And um, like you said, though, just with both have been double teamed, clearly allowed uh, DeForest Buckner <coughs> to do his thing. So, And I'm sure if you ask Nick Bowser, he's more than happy that that's the case. Yeah, yeah. He's very much a team player from what I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. But Russell Wilson... Said it on the last show. He's like a video game character on cheat mode. You give him the ball in the fourth quarter, you cut your own throat. And, and we did exactly yeah. that. We, well, we did it not only in the fourth quarter, we did it in overtime, overtime. as well. With yeah. a minute left and no timeouts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you don't do that to those that caliber of a quarterback because you're going to shoot yourself in the foot every time. We, uh, I did enjoy the 20-second offensive drive that we had in overtime. What the... <sighs> 20 seconds. Drop, drop, drop. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. What? Slow so, yes, obviously. 
But the offense is, needs to get to work. But do you think yeah. Shani should have actually called a couple of draw plays, maybe try to get yeah. something? Even talk. But would yeah. you would you yeah, at uh, that stage would you have played for the tie? I would have. <laughs> that late in the game. Twenty twenty hindsight. Yeah, it's always. Yeah. <laughs> you see, we we weren't we weren't in that situation with the headset on, was we? And you know, you've got a team who's eight and zero, and uh, you've got that nine and zero, and you saw you're the only undefeated team in the league. Are you going to start playing for the toe? Are you going to do what you've been doing all season? That's right. winning games. Yeah. See, I have well, this, they did. I have that's this, okay. I have this theory about Shani, okay, and I think he wanted to win this game so badly, right? Yeah. And he did take a couple of big risks. So he went for um, a two-point conversion, and it was a catch by Bourne, of all people, who didn't drop it. I thought that was yeah. quite gutsy, and that play, that that came off. And then we had a fourth and one, and he went yeah. for it. Now, if we had converted, it would have been a hero. It absolutely yeah. would have been a hero. Yeah. But then you swing it back into overtime, and then we got that horrible spot that should have been a first down but wasn't. They marked it as a fourth down, and half a yard right shani should have gone for i mean again this is hindsight and it's great because we're in our cozy armchairs but i was absolutely <laughs> staggered that he at that point he didn't go for the first down with a quarterback sneak that's worked i know our o-line is battered but jimmy g could have got that half yard and i think it's because he didn't do that he regretted it that he went for it on those three downs as deep passes that mm-hmm. could have even paid off then but we just couldn't hold on to the ball you know, we, we talk about the offense not showing up and, and, and there's work to be done. The defense gets a pass. But I think this was a really good learning curve for Shani as well because clock management, he had to make some really big decisions and he actually got some of the big decisions wrong. Um, by that specifically, I mean that last drive that took all of 20 seconds, that was very poor clock management. You know, and, and well, these and are learnings for him. These are definitely learning points for Shani. He's not been in this situation before with us. You know, this is all yeah. new. You know, so I I really admired that he had the Joneses. He had the guts to actually make some some really really difficult calls. One of them paid off. A couple didn't. But I like the fact that his focus is on actually winning the game. You know, he wanted to win it so badly. And I think that is the key for this team is that the coach actually wants to win. He doesn't want to play for the tie. He doesn't want to accept the loss. He wants this team to win. And you can see it on every man's face on that field. They want to win. Well, look at Salah. I I have enjoyed watching Salah on the sidelines this season. He just brings joy to the, to the team. And I, wor- I, I read in, in the script that Kat put together and are we worried about him getting pinched for a head coaching job? I worry about that too, but I'm focused on him. And I think he's just, he's, he, when he gets us fired up, he gets the team fired up and yeah. he didn't have that. He had some opportunity Monday night, but, but I, I love him. Yeah. I absolutely love watching mm-hmm. him. What you said there is actually the fuel that that defense feeds off because you're right. Yes. He's he's there and he's enjoying it and his players are enjoying it. You know, they've created a culture within the defensive unit that mm-hmm. not only are they successful, but they enjoy what they're doing. You know, they're having a great time. And when their boss is encouraging that, he's enabling yeah. them to be even more successful. And I think that's a really strong point, Lisa. You know, yep. Well said. 
So moving on past the Monday night game, we got a couple of announcements. Uh, it was announced yesterday that our week 12 game against the Packers is flexed to a Sunday night game, bumping the Seahawks and Eagles down to Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon. Sorry, guys. It's a 1 a.m. start for you, isn't it? Yep. Mm, not, not happy. Deepak's particularly not happy either. I think about you guys and knowing that it's in the middle of the night and this is my first season not doing that in 12 years. And I think about you guys. <laughs> but it shows that America wants to see this team. Well, and it shows how far we've come in just a year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, another change, uh, the Week 16 game against the Rams will be played on Saturday, December 21st at 5.15 Pacific. Uh, that was originally <laughs> not scheduled for a Saturday. It was scheduled to be a Sunday game. And the NFL has decided to move it. And NFL Network will have three games that day. It's a damn to my Christmas party. I'll not, <laughs> I'll not move off my sofa. Well, that's what you do. You 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 form your Christmas party around the Niner game. Mm-hmm. On that Sunday, I was supposed to be um, out for for a late dinner, and uh, I said to the wife, "I was like, I can't go." She goes, "Why?" Not? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "Now we're good. Let's go. I'm going to choose my attitude. We're going to have a great time." <laughs> So well, week sixteen, we'll be resting starters by then, anyway. Well, uh, I'm not gonna Don't, touch that one. You're getting ahead of you're getting ahead of yourself. Yeah, exactly. Next game up. Next game up. Yep. Yep. Uh, so let's time. talk about something that Lisa Lisa brought up earlier. Um, Colin Kaepernick has been invited by the National Football League to come to a clinic in Atlanta to work out for NFL teams. God, no controversy. How do we feel about There's this? No controversy on this show today, is there? Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 we're going to do all, all the controversy. <laughs> Personally, I'm really pleased for him, and I hope he gets uh, a spot, uh, as long as it's not with us, because the history is bad, and I'm getting a little bit annoyed yeah. of seeing him in a 49er uniform in every photo. <laughs> so I think, you know, I, I'd love it if he did get a job somewhere else. I, I think his age might count against him, but he says he's been working out, and um, I, I personally wouldn't begrudge him another opportunity to play in this league. Uh, in fact, I would really want that for him. You know, as much as it might annoy some people, I don't care. But I would really, really want that for him if that's what he wants. Well, I'm with you on that because um, I've I've been on his bandwagon ever since, and still have his jersey from the Super Bowl, and you know, and and. Around here in Chicago, my my friends, they they just they can't stand Trubisky right now. And I had a friend send me an email this morning. Did you see? Did you see? And said maybe Chicago will take him. You know who who would you root for then? Well, the 49ers, duh. But uh, <laughs> I I I I hope I hope he gets a chance. I really do. And if if it works out, fabulous. If it doesn't, they tried, but you think about people like Adrian Peterson and the things they've done and the the NFL is a scandal sometimes. Mm -hmm. And and then like that post that we all saw today, that, that woman in in Dallas, people just Mm -hmm. don't even have a clue what, what his protest was all about. (laughs) And I I got people in my own family that that don't even understand it. So I hope that, I hope, I hope that he gets a fair shot. Well, and here is a perfect example of the hypocrisy of the corporation that is the NFL. Yeah. Eric Reed is a starting corner. Yeah. And he yep. protested just as loudly as Colin Kaepernick did That's right. for the same reasons. Yep. Just look at it from a fo- purely footballing perspective. Yeah, he was bad near the end for us, but I think we all realized that he had 
distractions, let's say that, with what, you know, what, and it, from a purely footballing point of view, he is better than some of the people who are appearing in the NFL at the minute, in my opinion. Absolutely. I agree. Um, I agree with you. His skill he never set, should have been out of the NFL for three no, years. No, he shouldn't. I'm not saying a starter, and I'm not saying, well. You know, I think I in the think, right scheme, he can be a starter. I mean, that's the thing. I think it was the scheme that Harbaugh was running that changed yeah. that that affected him besides just the distractions. But I think that scheme changing affected his play oh, yeah. entirely. And the front office was no help. And 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 it, it was it was a disaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson may also have, you know, may also take a little bit of credit for him getting these uh, this chance. In their style of play is quite similar to what Cap, uh, Cap can bring to the table. Not so much Cat. You're not going to play quarterback. Yeah, Cap, no, so. I'm not going to play quarterback. I'm too old. Thank you. <laughs> but I think Harbaugh made him. I could do it, but I'd be too old. Yeah, Harbaugh, Harbaugh made him and ultimately broke him. When Harbaugh went, yeah. I think Kaepernick's Cap, mm-hmm. career oh, went with it. You know, yeah. so. The two went yeah, hand yeah. in hand. Well, shall we continue with the controversy and move on to our group questions? Yeah. Okay, Matthew Byrne, with all the drop passes by our receivers, do we bring in someone like the, like Des Bryan. like this Brian? Des Bryant, there we go. Thank you. To help out on, I know I should, re, should have read the comment too, to help out on third down and in the red zone. So what do you guys think about Des? He's got absolutely no speed, okay, but he's big and he's physical. And I think, you know, a third down receiver, a red zone receiver, I think he could do a job, but, you know, he's not... I mean, he's prone to drops as well, but he's big and he's physical. Um, decent run r- route runner, but he, he just doesn't have the speed. But I think he could actually do a job. Um, so I'd be up for it, you know. And AB, bring them both here. If they can't, no, football, not I don't care. no, pass on the AB thing. I really think we missed the boat when it comes to Josh Gordon. I know it's another receiver with issues. All these guys that we're talking about of, you know, issues or attitude pops. There's Brian, AB. Yeah, I think we missed the boat with Josh Gordon. I know he only got a couple of catches against us, but you know we saw what he did with the Patriots. And when the guy concentrates on football, he's a heck of a receiver. Yeah. Um, so it's a bit annoyed about that. But in terms of bringing anyone in, I don't think we will. Um, I think we probably have the most complex uh, scheme and playbook in the NFL. I think a lot of people have said that. So could someone come in and pick it up? I mean, Sanders did. So I suppose if you've got the experience, you may be able to. I don't think we will. Is Jalen Hurd out for definite the whole season? Yep. He is, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be Des Bryant or no one, isn't it? Uh, Simon Holdsworth asks, on reflection, does the panel think that to run a good Seattle team so close one field goal away from the win, despite injuries and eventual individual errors that the team can view this as a positive? And do we see the Week 16 game or Week 17 game going against the Seahawks differently think, if the Niners are healthy? I think they will see it as a positive for one reason only, is that they know that they were the masters of their own destiny. They beat themselves and they're going to take that out on somebody. And that somebody happens to be Arizona, who's next on the schedule. Shame it wasn't Green Bay because they'd rip into them too. No kidding. So <laughs> I, I do think that that is a positive. I, they're fuming mad that they lost this game. The way they lost it, it was really on them, you know. Which, and that might be enough yeah. to, to see us through. I think we're gonna. I personally think we're gonna see Jimmy G come back with a vengeance uh, against Arizona. 
Um, he'd scored, well, yeah, like I say, had his best game against them, and it was only two weeks ago. And then obviously what happened last week, I think he's, uh, <laughs> I think he's going to come out again and have a, an excellent game and more than likely see him. Well, we won't see Staley, will we? So we'll see the same team that played Arizona last time. And if the result's the same, I'd quite like a bit more of a point difference. But uh, yeah, I think, I, I do think, I fear, I fear for Arizona. But I said that last time, it was a really close game. And it was so. a close game, yes. <laughs> yeah, so don't listen to me. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> James, 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 James. <laughs> Who's he going to throw to, though? This is the question I'm asking myself. Because he's ready to throw. There's no doubt about that. (laughs) It's Kittle. Hopefully Kittle will catch the ball. It's Kittle back this week. It's Kittle back this week. uh, He's doubtful. I don't think so. He's doubtful. I don't say He is doubtful, unfortunately. (laughs) So we've got what we've got. Debo. Debo's going to catch three touchdowns. In fact, he's in my fantasy team. He's definitely going to score three touchdowns this week. Yeah, I have him on one of my fantasy teams too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mind you, so is Petty. So, so, again, don't listen to me. <laughs> he's, in my, he's in my nightmare team. Robbie Gold back this week? Do you think I don't think so. Lachlan, if he made that one... That's, yeah, yeah, rookie rookie kicker. Mm-hmm. A lot of pressure that is. I don't I don't blame it like one bit. I don't blame mm-hmm. it. Plus they, they have to line up over the right hash as opposed to the left, um, just because of the positioning of the ball during the end of the play. So I yeah, I don't know even if he were on the left hash if he would have made that. Nah, but this yeah. kid, you know, he was in a McDonald's park car park or in a food mall somewhere having his Chinese food and somebody gave him a uniform. You know, he he actually did make the clutch kick to take us into overtime. And yeah. I, I don't think we can really say anything about this kid. You know I mean? No. Uh-uh. You can't. I, I put in, I'm putting this loss squarely on the shoulders of the offense. Yeah. yeah. The drop passes, the stupid mistakes, the, the, the bad quarterbacking. It's all on the offense that they lost this game. Yeah. They know it as well. They know it. Just last finally on the rookie kicker. I think it's a good thing. Uh, I know it sounds daft. But I think it's not whole heart. I don't think it's a, a a massive thing that Gold is having this short-term injury and this guy's come in and, you know, he made three kicks. Yes, he missed a crucial one, but he also scored a crucial one to take into overtime. So I think it might do Robbie Gold good because since that man got his money, he's not been the same player. I don't no, think. he's not. He's had issues with snappers and stuff. I know that, but come on. You know, we know the kicker he can be and he's, he's getting paid like the kicker he he can be. So he needs to start playing like the kicker. He yeah. can be. A lot of that can even, be. Even if, he was, so, yeah. even if he was playing, would you have put your money on him making a 47-yarder in crunch time? You know, goal of Not this season. No, no not this know, season. So... Uh, last season. Last season, I wouldn't have given it a second thought. No. Um, it was automatic, but no. But then again, that's, I suppose, the nature of kicking in the NFL. We've we've seen, you know, <laughs> you see, these are very important. Did you see the video of the, uh, of the botched kick? It actually ended up in the players' tunnel. There were journalists like diving oh, for cover. Yeah. It was really <laughs> wow. bad. So wide. <laughs> in the players' tunnel. It missed the nets. <laughs> So Mark Lyons started an, inter- an interesting thread in that in that post. Um, it starts with the question, why are Niners fans massively overreacting to an overtime loss that they had the chance to win? We're still 8-1 and one and having our best season in years. All I'm reading is that Garoppolo is suddenly the worst quarterback we've ever had. Staley has passed it and should retire. 
We don't have a pass game. We don't have a run game either, apparently. God knows how we're 8-1 and one then. Uh, we're poop in the red zone. Statistically not true. Shanahan is a terrible head coach and so on. No recognition that, as good as Bosa has been this season, Clowney was just unplayable that night, meaning we could not defend against him. Uh, it needed two-thirds moments of magic from Wilson on a night when he was otherwise terrorized by RD for the first time in years. We actually had chances to win the game. Injuries affected the game, especially looking at how much Garoppolo was pressured after Richburg went out. Oh, I forgot Richburg went out too, yeah, guys. Yeah, I completely forgot. Yeah. Uh, we just were going out like flies. Yeah. They run straight up. As soon as Richburg went out, they run straight up the gut, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, let's see. No one in their right mind thought we were going to go 16 and 0. We had to lose at some point, and by no means were we embarrassed or completely outplayed by Seattle, as the case has been recently. So he has he's made very good points mm -hmm. in that in that post. Um, yeah. So his he, go ahead. He has made good points, but some of them you have to put your hands up and say, well, actually they're valid points because without Kittles we have no no aerial threat of any description we don't and that's a fact if kittle had played we would have won without the drops we would have won end of story we would have won that game if we did not make those drops we would have won that game if kittles had played we would have won that play if jimmy g actually cared about protecting the football when he wasn't blindsided he wasn't hit very hard he just just gave up the ball and i was thinking seattle scored 21 points from turnovers. They did not score a touchdown from a normal possession, only field goals, or from turnovers. Now, Staley, he's, he's saying Staley's terrible. He's not terrible. We discussed earlier that he was he was rushed in. And Clowney, right. was, he took the opportunity to expose him. Jimmy Garoppolo, when he throws, he panics. When he panics, he throws high. When he throws high, passes get tipped. And when they get tipped, guess what happens? They get picked. Yeah. Sometimes he throws them directly to the opponent. However, and then yeah. he had two of two interceptions that were thrown directly to yeah, and, the opposing team. He's done this several times this season. It's not just this mm -hmm. game. Those are the times we don't talk about it because we win and we're like, "Hey, we're six and zero, oh. yeah, right. seven and zero. Oh. But when you start hitting your opponent in the numbers and they're not making the pick, that's a bit of good fortune. But eventually, they are going to pick you up and they're going to mm -hmm. hurt you. But he's making a great point about the positive things we have, the negative things we have. Why is it with one loss, going back to his original question, why is it with one loss the entire fan base has decided okay, so that now is the time to speak out against all of these things that are going against us because the and get rid winning. of everybody and bench yeah. everybody and fire everybody. No, no. There's two reasons why this game actually matters. It matters because Seattle wanted to win this. They take the rivalry not as seriously as we do, but they wanted to be competitive in the NFC West. This would bite us in the ass if we were to lose this because they're now... Instead of being um, two games, three games behind us, they're only one game behind us, you know. And the quest for six starts first with the quest for the West. It is a rivalry game. And, you know, bench Jimmy G. George Seifer benched Steve Young. And I remember that. You know, and look so do I. That, so do I. But I think if, you, if you're not performing, what do you do? And I'm sorry, but I didn't think he was performing. I, I, I truly don't think he was performing. You know, and, and I was furious because this was such a winnable game. 
that a lot of 49er fans, perhaps not so much on our boards, but across different boards, they were absolutely livid because it was the disappointment in losing to Seattle. 8-1 doesn't matter. It's not that they're not happy to be 8-1. It's the fact that we could have got separation between us and Seattle, and that is actually a much, much bigger deal than being 6-0 or 7-0. It's that separation. So we really need Seattle to lose another divisional game, which could happen. It may not. But we had the sh we had that chance to be masters of our own destiny, but we didn't take it. That's why people are fuming and furious and highlighting bad play because we've had bad play all season. Was it five turnovers against Pittsburgh in the in one and a half quarters? That's bad play, but we won it. If we'd lost that, all we'd ever talk about was those turnovers, you know. So when you win, you don't. But this bad play has actually been a feature of our offense from day one against Tampa Bay. People really need to remember what sort of team we were watching last year. Um, a year ago, we had zero wins. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. We did win the one game. The memory came up on Facebook yesterday yeah. that I had posted a year ago saying, you know, 0 and 9, I still love you. You're still my team, you know, whatever it was. Or maybe it was two years ago. Um, and I almost posted that to the group today. But then I'm like, you know, no, I'm just going to make the point in the podcast Two years ago, look at how far we have come in two years. Never in our wildest dreams did anybody on this show or in this group say we were going to go undefeated through week 10. Mm -hmm. No one expected that. I personally did not expect that. I expected, oh, we'll be seven and nine. I believe yeah. that was my prediction at the beginning of the year. Well, we've got my seven. I'm I'm happy. I'm good. We could lose the rest of the way out. And my prediction is good, right? This this living in the moment and the reactionary um, uh, responses that we're getting. While I totally agree with you, Deepak, this was not the team I wanted to lose to. No way, no yeah. how. I hate Seattle. I will always hate Seattle. They will always be the enemy. But we have never fought and played as tight and as close as we have with them the entire time, except when we had Harbaugh back in 2012. And they know this. Seattle, I've got a lot of friends. I've got Seahawks fans were calling me during the game and saying, because we just want this to be over now. I don't know how anybody can carry on watching this. It's just torture to watch this game where absolutely no one is going to yield. But here's the thing, Cap. Last year we were 0-9, okay? And then we went on a little spurt. I think we won the last five games. But five the, or six. The NFL is a yeah. shifting landscape. It changes constantly. Look how much we've changed in a year. Mm -hmm. Is there any guarantee that we would get this shot next year to be as good as no. we are? You know, so no. You, so you've Never. So every single game you play is so incredibly precious, especially when you're now in a, in a situation like we are where we can be serious about winning our division or at the very least getting a wild, wild card spot and any little thing that that happens to harm that we don't know this we could win the super bowl next year or we could be you know 2 and 14 again but you have got to max out this opportunity when you have it well and here is the next game sunday at levi stadium against the arizona cardinals second time in 3 weeks we've met them guys are they, should they be worried? Yeah. Should the Cardinals be worried yeah. coming into Levi at this moment in time? Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, very worried. <laughs>
I mean, it was the last time on Halloween night, it was a close game. It was 28-25. There was no overtime. San Francisco had total yardage of 411 yards. Arizona had 357 yards. Passing, San Francisco had 310 yards. Arizona had 204. Rushing, 101 yards for San Francisco, 153 for Arizona. So, I mean, it was close the entire game. What are we looking for this game? A win? Besides the win. Definitely a win. Um, Also, you've got to be mindful that that overtime really did tire the players out. And now Uh it's actually a shorter week for us because we're playing on a Sunday, not on a Monday. So uh, there is going to be a a little bit of a fatigue factor. But you look at Arizona, they're 3-6-1. and You know, they're suddenly on three games. They're just just a couple behind the Rams. They don't want to be basement dwellers. They're going to give us a game. I don't want to, I don't want to take this game for granted either no. and just assume that we're going to win it. Those are the ones that come back to bite us. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to go in there with purpose and, and, and win and decisively, but, but certainly not take it for granted. hundred percent, Lisa, because what I'll be looking for is to see if Arizona are going to blitz Jimmy Garoppolo like they did the, the last yeah. time. I just fear for how long the defense may be on the field. That's my only thing with, like you say, the overtime really drain them. The injuries aren't helping. Um, I think the offense really needs to make a statement here. So, so what do we think? Are, are, are we all saying that the Niners are going to win this game? Or what are your predictions? Yeah, 9-1, bring it. Yeah. Okay. I hope that my prediction previously comes true for the Arizona game. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think... Well, I thought last time we were going to win by at least seven to ten points, and I, I'm a little less optimistic because obviously we're coming off a loss. But I do think we're going to win, and I think it will be similar to last time. It will be a hard-fought type victory, but a victory nonetheless. And I tend to agree with you, but I also think it's going to be another tight game because we don't mm-hmm. have a lot of our starters that we re- rely on regularly. So who wants to go over the pick six results? No pick six this week. Top goal, top goal scorer, top scorer was Scott Bissick. Out of the, he got four correction, four correct selections. Corrections? Oh dear, I'm absolutely murdering this. Sorry, guys. Well done, Scott. <laughs> well done, Scott. Right, the overall leaderboard is Kieran Walton, who wants to be hoping he puts accumulators on every week because <laughs> he'll be rolling in the money. Uh, Keith Fish is second. John Noor and Nathaniel James. Nathaniel third. Simon fourth. Fifth is Ross Irwin and James Waters. Sixth is Jason Argo. Number seven is Rob Martin, some bloke called Deepak Gohill. Uh, Alex Gill. Eighth is Christian Theobald and Steve Panda Richardson. Nine is Andy Mitchell. Ten is this week's top goal, uh, top goal scorer. Said it again. Top scorer, Scott Bitty. Number 11 is some lady called Cat and Mark. <laughs> and now you know not to ask me to do that again. Yes, I do. <laughs> that was hysterical. Okay. Sorry. Are we ready to play the two-minute drill? Yeah. All right. I have two minutes on the clock. Let's begin. Lisa, after losing a heartbreaker, what positives can you take away? Oh, God. Oh. oh no that's pressure. Awful. Well, we can only go up after after Monday. We have we have to go up. We we yes. have we have to. 
Deepak, in hindsight, would you have rested Staley and McGlinchey for another week? In hindsight, yes, but, um, you know, we don't have hindsight, but yes, I would have. <laughs> James, after seeing our receiving core drop more balls than a DJ drops tunes at a club, would you bring the GOAT number 80 to throw bricks at them? I'll bring yes. Roger Clements to throw bricks at them. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, with the defense balling yet again, props to Sala for that. Do you think we should make the offense more West Coast to take the heat off Jimmy G? Goddamn. No, he he needs heat. He needs to, he, need, he 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 needs to be more. No, see this is no. <laughs> Give that question. Experience. Yeah. Give he that needs question. to figure it out. Yeah. Deepak, how much longer does Coach keep faith with our wide receivers? Uh, as long as the ones that are injured come back. Um, <laughs> free agency is always a, an issue, but he, he did this, say that thing about Dante Pettis, which was quite damning. That doesn't show much faith in Pettis, does it? But then Pettis has got an opportunity. So until this thing fixes itself, and that's the next question, um, as long as it takes is the answer. Okay. James, do we address the wide receiver issues through next year's draft, free agency pickups, or trades? Well, we tried doing it for the draft, haven't we? Pettis, second round pick. Debo, second round pick. Pettis isn't doing anything, really, apart from dropping balls. Uh, Debo, I think, has got a bright future. In short, yeah, I think that's going to possibly be our number one need, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's going to be our number one need. I think we'll address it. Which and we are out of time. Well, we have gone long here. My goodness. We covered quite a lot. I think it's time that we uh, wrap it up. What do you think, guys? Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Thanks to Audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Andy Mitchell, Daryl Nils Handman, Deepak Gohill, Graham Ross, James Little, Jason Argo, Mark Lyon, Nathaniel James, Neil Jepson, Paul McDonald, Rob Newell, Ross Irwin, Simon Holdsworth, and Stephen Box for all the work they do on the show and in the group. My apologies if I missed anyone. And if you would like to be involved in the show, just let us know. We're always looking for members to help out, contribute, or appear on the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Niner Empire GB, and on Facebook, search for the group Niner Empire GB. Be sure you check out the Frequency 49 blog on Podbean or your favorite podcast site. You can also email us at Frequency49Show at gmail.com. So... One last plug for our GoFundMe. Like I said last week on the show, this is a labor of love. We volunteer all our time and our efforts and our energies to putting this show together. However, Podbean does expect money from us to post these shows on the website. So if you would please make your way over to the GoFundMe page on our, our GoFundMe link on our page and uh, just, you know, drop a pound. It, every little bit helps. Anything else you guys want to say? Just to reiterate that, really, is to help us keep the podcast on the air, really. I've had the pleasure of looking through the statistics on Podbean, and yes, they did, they ask us for money to host the podcast, but looking at where people listen, we've got fans in places like Panama, for instance. So, yeah, um, if you enjoy the show, uh, we don't ask, well, I don't think we ask a lot, um, so yeah, just try and help us because I enjoy doing this and I hope you guys enjoy listening to it. And then we get new people on, like Lisa. So it's it's great for the group, I think, and uh, it's a pleasure to be part of and uh, This is the best Niner fan group on Facebook. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, um, I echo James's sentiments. I think it's 
fantastic to have Lisa on the show. I think we need, you know, it'd be just great to have more and more people come in and have a different take, a different perspective. I'm sure people are getting a bit fed up of the same old people on here. But it's terrific to have new people on here and make a contribution. And um, Leanne Gerlich, talking to you, you need to hook up with Kat so you can have your your um, your women's, your ladies' um, show, which I think will probably teach us boys a few tricks or two because you women definitely know your football as much as anybody else does. There's no doubt about that. Lisa, it was wonderful having you on the show. I cannot wait to record with you again. Oh, definitely. Thanks. I think when we do have our, our girls girls podcast, we should all be drinking Cosmos. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I come? No, I'm joking. <laughs> On that note, it's time to say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. On behalf of Lisa Lawrence, Deepak Gohill, and James Little, I'm Kat Victorino. Thanks for joining us. Go Niners. There it is. <laughs>